Hello, good morning. We welcome back again Chris Berg, my pastor, and we are talking about in the beginning the first steps of faith that God exists and who He is. And when we left off last time, we were about to address the question of is there just one God? So thank you for being here again, Chris. Could you come in on that point for us, please? Uh, absolutely. God's word is very clear in, in the giving of the law. The very first thing is, hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, uh, which was unique. Monotheistic, which is the belief that there is one God, was not typical. The idea is that there were many gods. God was very clear with the nation of Israel. Don't worship other gods because there is only one God. There is only me. And so God is clear. There's one God. We look in the Genesis chapter one in verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image. Let us, that means more than one, which is different than hero Israel. God is one. Now God says, let us make man in our image, plural, not just singular. Now, have you looked at that in the original language? Because we know, of course, that the Bible wasn't originally written in English. Does it indicate a plurality in that particular verse in yeah, the Hebrew? It would have the form of in plural. So that wasn't just a mistake by translation. That was in the Hebrew, the plurality, not just singular grammar. So I'm thinking about John chapter 1, when Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized, and when he goes underwater, it says that as he came up, the Holy Spirit came down upon him in the form of a dove, and God the Father spoke, saying something to the effect of, this is my son, with him I am well pleased. And so we've got at that one place in time, we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are not three gods, but one God, eternally existing as three. And I say eternally because we know from our last session that you shared with us Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. And we know also, I think, from John 17 that Jesus refers to before time began that the relationship he had with the Father. Yeah, it's difficult to understand that there is only one God eternally existing in, in three persons. So the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. And yet, the Father is fully God, the Son is fully God, and the Spirit is fully God. It's not one God that sometimes shows himself as the Son and then other times shows himself as the Spirit. The Son eternally existing, always existing. And it's not that the God the Father is 33% God and the Son is 33% God and the Spirit is 33% God and together making up the 100% God. There's distinction, and yet the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in and of themselves are fully God. I'd give you an example of our everyday life of that, but I can't because it doesn't exist. 
we move into what we might know about God as to what God's like. We talked a little bit about this on the last podcast. We talked about his being eternal. When we think about who God is, one of the things that it says is that through creation, his eternal power is being made known. God is powerful. God spoke and life came to be exactly the way he intended. That is tremendous amount of power. We look at creation. It is said that uh, the volcano during, during the 16, 1700s in the Indonesia area, the sound traveled around the world twice from the, the sonic boom of that one volcano. Oh. That people heard it go twice. Amazing. That was one tiny little volcano. That's like God's pinky just moving a little bit, causing that to to occur. We can't imagine God's power. His being and his power are as far beyond our imagination, I would think, as the stars are above the earth. You mentioned the stars, and we see them from our eyes, and we think of songs like Twinkle Little Star. We wouldn't be singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star if we were closer. And so we have these telescopes now that, that can zoom in on these stars. It's not this cute little twinkle. It is, How big is that little twinkle? Oh, yeah. Massive. Absolutely massive. So we get a sense of God's power. We can know that God is powerful, but we also know that God is good. He's really good in that he causes the rain to fall on the, as the word says, on the just and the unjust alike, that to talk about food shortages in the world, those food shortages are not because there's not enough food. God has provided in his creation plenty enough food to feed everyone in the world three times over, at least. The issue isn't that God didn't provide. It's an issue of failure on mankind's part. God has provided plenty, and that's just part of his goodness. One of the things that really ministers to my heart about the attributes of God is that he never changes, that he's always the same. There's so many things in our world that don't work. Everything in our world doesn't work like that. And just to know that he doesn't change in his relationship with us, whether he's having a good day or a bad day, God doesn't have any bad days, so to speak. They're all good, and so we can know that no matter what happens, God's promises are real, His presence is real, and His relationship with us never changes. That's just a great encouragement to me. It makes me think of two words. God is faithful, and because of that, God is dependable. I want to be dependable, but I'm not even close. And in perfection to God's faithfulness and God being dependable. Yeah, I, I say that a lot of times when I'm speaking with people that, you know, with the best of intentions, we let each other down. We let each other down if we, in the sense that we may not be available to to be there for them because of a sickness or because of our death or, or because of something else. Yeah, something right? else that draws us we away. We can only do one thing at a time because we're limited. Yeah, and God's not. So I say to people, it's great that you've got a loving wife or husband or 
this close friend, but with the best of intentions, they cannot meet us at our point of need because when we lay down at night, we're alone. No matter if your spouse is next to you in bed, that's a comfort, but they can't come as close as your own soul. And yet God is always present on that level, and he never disappoints. When we think back to creation, everything that God created, he gave a statement about it because everything he created was in his perfection. He would look at what he had created and he would say, this is good. The only time that it changed was when he created mankind and he said, this is very good. And so God created a good world, a good universe. And when he created mankind, he put his stamp on it, man being created in his image and likeness. And God said, this is very good. I might say of you that you're a very kind and gentle person, and that may be your personality and that may be your effort. But you're not going to always be that way. Those things are going to go up and down depending on what's going on in life. And God's attributes, as it refers to them in Romans chapter 1, they're not personality traits. They're who God is. Like when the Scripture says God is love, it doesn't mean God loves. It means God by his very nature is love. That is, he won't the very best for all to his glory, as I understand it. Yeah, it's more than God is loving. God is the very, very definition, the very substance of love. And anything else that that we say is love has to be compared to the perfection of God's love. And what we find is that nothing else measures up. Right. None of us can meet that high standard, but he created us and he calls on us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 40, one place. Jesus answering the question says, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And he's not talking about a feeling there, is he? No. Love, I tell the teens that songs talk about love and books talk about love. And and the concept there is that you can fall in and out of love. And it's almost, it's not your fault. You just fell out of love. That's not the love that is presented in God's word. And it's not the type of love that God is. God is love. And, and it's perfect all the time. Amen. So that seems like a good place to come to a close on love, God's love, which never changes. And I think when we come back again, we might be looking at how we came to be here and what's the purpose of our lives. Does that sound like a good next step? I think that's a question everybody asks is, why am I here and what am I supposed to do? And maybe even what happens when I leave here? Yes. So we'll move in that direction next time. Thank you guys for listening in. We pray that God is honored and that you're helped. Chris and I hope that you get something out of this, but we are being encouraged in Christ 
as we come together and share this time. We don't know all the questions and certainly don't have all the answers, but we're here to try to delve into that and to better understand God and share that with each other and hopefully encourage you as well. Have a great day.